Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I speak with Josh Lance from Lance CPA Group. Lance CPA Group is a virtual certified public accounting firm built to help small business owners and entrepreneurs grow and manage their businesses. In our conversation, Josh and I get into a lot of nitty-gritty details around the software stack that he uses to help support breweries, everything from QuickBooks to different point-of-sale systems to payroll to brewery management software, KPI and benchmarking software, and many more. We really geek out on all the details. I love it, and maybe you will too. We talk about the services that Josh and his firm provide, how he works with onboarding to make sure he's got the client's needs first, and we talk about when is the right time for a brewery to bring on a bookkeeper, an accounting person, or a finance person. How do you make that determination? So we dig into those topics and lots more. So for now, please enjoy my conversation with Josh Lance from Lance CPA Group. Hey, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's great to have you here. So give us some background on you and your firm, the type of services you provide and the clients that you serve. Yeah. So I uh, am a CPA and I started my CPA firm, Lance CPA Group, about six years ago. Um, We are a fully virtual and remote CPA practice that specializes uh, in working with craft breweries. So um, that's been a passion of, of mine for a long time. And uh, when I started my practice, uh, like I started with that mindset of, of wanting to serve craft breweries and uh, and help them out, especially as they're kind of starting and growing their their businesses. Nice. So you're fully virtual. Is that something you are doing? Well, it sounds like you're obviously doing it pre-pandemic. Is that just, uh, what, what, how did you come to that uh, idea to be virtual? Yeah, a good question. So I, I we've always been virtual uh, and it really stemmed from my just being in public accounting practice and uh, you know, I was, you know, always on the road. I was an auditor before, uh, you know, having my own firm. And so I was always on the road. I was traveling. I wasn't with my family. And so I wanted to build a firm where I could be with my family and see my kids and all that good stuff. And so um, really had the, the mindset and the concept of let's do this virtually. Um, you know, the technology is there to be able to do that and make it work. And, uh, and that allowed me to, uh, you know, be, you know, do the things I want to do, be with my family and not, you know, have work just get in the way of all that stuff. Um, so that's how we kind of started it out. Uh, and that's worked out really well. And obviously during the pandemic, uh, even more so because we're already kind of set up raring to go to, to be able to adapt. Uh, but uh, it works out well. Um, you know, most of our employees are flex time employees. And so um, they have families that they're, you know, trying to run and, and other things they got going on in their lives. And so being virtual allows them to uh, work a little bit more efficiently and effectively, and uh, and uh, it works just really well for everyone involved. Love it. So we're going to dig into, uh, you know, all the details of how that comes together. You know, how we'll talk about the software that you use and how you interact with clients. But 
Before we get to the real questions, uh, I did notice on your website, there's a little tidbit about you. I just have to ask. So tell, tell me about your obsession with the show Full House. What's, uh, <laughs> what's going on there? Um, so it's kind of a, it's a bit of an inside joke in our company, but I, I've always, I had a child, I was a childhood fan of Full House. Um, and so we had, we done like a little like uh, uh, team building activity and that kind of came out. Uh, and so at some point, one of my employees went on our website and changed our, my profile uh, discussion. So being some professional to talk about my obsession with Full House. So um, it, is, it is a show I like and, and a show that my kids now like as well. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where, where, that, where that came from. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I did get into that show with, with my daughter several years ago. So I, I, I don't know if I share your obsession, but it's, uh, it's easy to get into it. It's a great yeah. show to watch with the family. So um, cool. Let's let's talk about a question I think you get frequently. I know I get it frequently is when is the right time for a small brewery to bring on a real finance person or a real outsourced finance option? How do you how do you think about that question? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, personally, I would say you need to have someone sitting in that role or that seat when you start your brewery. Uh, and maybe you have a, one of the founders or owners has some of those skills or knowledge and, and they can do it. Uh, but you need someone on that. And I, I just think with any business, you know, regardless of whether it's a brewery or your restaurant or whatever it may be, uh, you need to have your kind of finance and accounting in order, at least have that kind of foundation set up. Uh, and so, you know, initially, you know, especially when we come into breweries, a lot of times it's, you know, the one of the owners drew the short straw and is doing the accounting and the books. Uh, and they may not want to do it. It may not be their passion or even their priority in the business. Uh, but, you know, they're trying to do something, at least to get that, that base cover. You know, I think as breweries, especially once they're open and they start to get going, um, we find that that when it is in the hands of an owner, um, it tends to get put on the low priority at, at some point, right? They're busy with, you know, brewing or they're busy with running the tap room or whatever their kind of, you know, passion or focus is. It's probably not accounting and it gets kind of put to the back burner. So um, I think in, in those cases, it, it really makes sense for having, bring someone in, uh, even just in a small, you know, maybe it's, you know, a couple hours a month or, uh, you know, occasionally have that accounting finance professional be a part of what you have going on. Uh, and I don't think you have to be, you know, we have breweries that are really tiny, I would even call nano size breweries, but they've hired us on because they, they need that help. They don't have that expertise uh, and they want to make sure they get that right because the information and, and what you do with the accounting uh, information is important in running a brewery. And so they need to have that knowledge and they need to have someone kind of fill that gap for them. Um, you know, I think we get a lot of times we get people who come to us uh, and brewery owners um, and they may come to us because it's their first tax season and they're like, oh, we have to file taxes. I have no clue how to do that. So now let's engage the professionals. Sometimes it's it's when it's a loan it is in play uh, and, uh, you know, the balance sheet doesn't balance and nothing's, you know, you know, the lender's like, hey, you got to have someone look at this because this is not right. Um, but I think some of the, the breweries that have been super successful came to us real early on. Uh, and they saw that need, like, hey, we need to have someone sit in and doing this account of stuff for us. They, you know, they saw the need for an HR profession. They saw the need for different aspects where they didn't have that expertise. Uh, and they brought that in early uh, to ensure that they had that right foundation, ensure that uh, their brewery can, you know, you know, grow and, and do the things it needs to do uh, because it has the right knowledge uh, base now set up for it. Mm. Yeah, and it's really um, 
you know, the beer business is highly regulated. Mm-hmm. A lot of taxes that go yeah. on and it's, it's important to get those things right before you have big problems. Mm-hmm. I kind of think about it. I'm curious as to your thought on this is, you know, when payroll outsourcing kind of became a thing and it's been a while, right? Um, do you see any parallels between like outsourcing your payroll, i.e. that, you know, the, the brewery does time and attendance and submits hours and the payroll processing software and company does all the checks and direct deposit and tax filings. Do you see any parallels between kind of those two services? Uh, payroll and accounting. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's a, it's a similar concept, right? In that, uh, you know, a, a brewery can outsource this. They can, you know, do and provide the invoices and bills and receipts and access to the software and and let that accounting team and that accounting firm handle the books and they handle providing the financial reports and do all that stuff. Um, because, you know, it is, it's something that you don't want to get wrong, uh, especially as you said, highly regulated. And so you start not filing excise tax returns and you start not doing things you should be doing. Now you're going to have, you know, uh, government agencies breathing down your neck to say, Hey, like this needs to happen uh, or we're going to shut you down. We've, you know, we had uh, a client who was an alternating proprietorship of a, another brewery uh, and that brewery failed to start filing excise tax and things like that. And it got shut down and that impacted our client because, uh, because of that. So um, it, it's something you have to take seriously. And that's something we kind of really make sure we, when we talk to our clients, like this is really important. Like if you're thinking about like, Hey, I, maybe I don't want to pay my sales tax this month or my excess tax, we don't have the cash. Like, no, you do want to pay that. Cause that, that's, that thing's going to shut you down. Uh, you know, paying your bill to your you know vendor, maybe five days late is not the thing that's going to shut you down. Um, uh, and so, you know, being uh, cognizant of these things because it's so highly regulated becomes really important to make sure you're doing it right from the beginning. Uh, because once it starts to go off the rails, uh, it can snowball really quickly. And we've, we've gotten, you know, had clients come to us uh, who, who hadn't done any of that stuff. And now it's this huge effort to try to get their things back on track. Uh, uh, and sometimes the money, you know, they don't have the money to start paying these taxes or things that need to pay. So uh, it's important to get this done right, get it done right at the beginning uh, so you don't run into these issues uh, down the road. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of like with, we want quality beer, we want, you know, quality business and, you know, we wouldn't cut corners in making the right. beer, right? It's all, so I think there's a, there's a parallel though. With, you don't want to cut corners with, you know, keeping track of the numbers of the business. Right, right. We can, we're a little biased, right? We'll <laughs> but I think there's a lot of truth yeah. to that. And I think really what it comes down to then is, you know, it's really not a size specific thing, right? It's like, you're a business, you're in business. This is just a, an investment that you need to make. Yeah. There's compliance issues. There's also value add. Um, so it's not just, oh, I have to do this, but there's, there's a lot of value here. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think it just comes down to, you know, particularly for the smaller ones is, making an assessment is, should I do this in-house, you know, bring somebody in part-time or full-time or should I outsource it? So we can, we'll dig into that a little, little bit later, but I think that kind of tees it up in terms of how folks can look at this. It's not a matter of when should I do it? That should coincide with when you start. It's just how, how maybe you want to structure it. Yep. Yep. So, So take me through the process. Like when, when a new client is coming on board, Um, how do you assess their needs and are there specific questions or any kind of checklist that you go through? Yeah, I think uh, when we when we first meet with a potential new client, uh, we have a kind of really standardized process we go through to one, ensure that 
this is the right fit, right? Um, just because you're a brewery does not mean you're necessarily the right fit for us. Um, so we want to make sure there's a right fit, but we also want to understand what's going on there, right? So um, part of it is uh, understanding, okay, what have what have you had going on in your accounting and tax and finance realm before at this point? Was there someone doing it? Was there someone not doing it? Um, what kind of systems do you have set up to manage this, right? So, um, you know, do you have your accounting system set up? Do you have other your systems that you're utilizing in, in this side of the business? Um, and then it's kind of talking about, okay, what, what's the kind of the end goal of, you know, using us or hiring a professional uh, in this regards, right? Uh, um, you know, I think a lot of times the top of mind thing is that compliance aspect of, well, I need to have someone doing this because the bank needs some financials or uh, I need to get my sales tax returns done or we have our annual tax file or whatever that may be, right? That, that's that kind of compliance aspect, but that's not really necessarily what the the true need is, right? There's, you know, what's what's going on? How are you utilizing, uh, you know, the finance and accounting information in your business? Uh, what are the things that are struggles right now in your business? Uh, what are the things that are working well? Um, you know, we ask things like about cash flow uh, and, and how, how they think about that. Um, you know, typically we like to get a look into their accounting records, whether it's just looking at their financials or, um, you know, or digging around into what they have um, just to kind of see what's going on. Right. And it helps us ask questions, helps us understand what's happened today. Um, and, and that whole process is kind of a lengthy process. It's not a quick process, but we want to be careful uh, diving in because we want to make sure we are working with someone that understands what we're trying to accomplish and trying to help them with and the value we're bringing. Uh, we also want to make sure they're bought into this as well. Um, this is a two-way road and a two-way um, uh, you know, kind of path here, and we have to be working together. And if we're not going to be able to work together, and if it's one of these things where, okay, I'm going to dump this off on you and you're not going to hear from me until I need something from you, like that's not going to work. And so uh, we want to make sure they're you know, they understand our expectations of them and, and what we're doing here. And sometimes those expectations and sometimes the things we're going to do, are, they're going to get frustrated with. We're going to be asking for things a lot. We're going to be uh, making sure they do the things they need to do. Uh, and sometimes that's not what they want. They don't want someone who's going to be breathing down their neck on some things. But that's part of how we work because we want to make sure their business is successful and that brewery works and uh, that they don't shut down and that they do achieve the goals they want. Uh, and so we need to have that that buy-in with them. And so we can go through that lengthy process. And then at that point, it's determined, okay, is this, you know, what services and scope do they need? And then uh, how do we best move forward with them at that point in time? Uh, you know, some breweries and, and some clients like to have regular, lots of regular meetings. Some of them prefer email, some prefer phone. Like what, you know, what's that kind of how, what's our cadence of how we work going forward? And so we try to really assess that and make sure we get that right. Um, you know, I think we've learned from the times that we've rushed through that process where, uh, you know, that then results in not a great client relationship. And so we want to make sure we're all on the same page. We all are achieving the same goals and aims. And, and, and that makes for the kind of the best working relationship and the best way we can work with those breweries going forward. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, setting those conditions and those parameters up front are really important. So people know expectations, you know, what are you going to do? What are they going to do? What's the end result? And I liked how you said, uh, you know, kind of starting with an open, like, let's get a little background. You know, what are you guys doing now? You know, what are your struggles? What are your goals? And try to, again, make it more than just, hey, we'll do your tax return. Because I, I think there's a stigma there, perhaps, about you know, outsourcing and using CPA firms, it's like, ah, I have to use these guys because I don't know how to file my tax return. <laughs> right. There's so much more, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and that gets to that value add. So, so take, take us through like the onboarding. So, you, so you've met with the client, you've, you've established what their needs are and how you can yeah. work together. 
what does onboarding look like and what type of information do they typically provide and how does that that setup work? Yeah, so when we onboard a client, there's there's a couple things that happen. One is they get introduced to the other members of our team that are going to serve them, uh, that they you know they see their face on a video call and they know who they are, and uh, uh, we want to make sure we start to build that relationship up. Uh, we start to get access to all the systems they're using. Uh, I think it's we really when we kind of meet with them, we kind of lay out like, okay, what is your system map of your brewery look like uh and what are all those systems that are, you have there how do they talk to each other um so one we can get access to that but sure and we also want to make sure they are talking to each other um so setting up proper integrations and uh making sure we understand how they're using the software right so one of the big things one of the big discussions uh with our brewery clients is you know what do they do for brewery management or inventory management software uh how do, are they using it or not using it right so we, there's a lot of oh yeah we have the software and then they they haven't logged in, in like two months and it's like okay well this is not this is not going to work um but how are they using it uh, there's needs to be that conversation with uh, especially whoever is in charge of production uh and if they're the one kind of responsible for that software how do we work with them to make sure we're on the same page and that we're uh, the information we see and get out of that, that software is usable and, and, and makes sense. Um, so we kind of get that kind of lay of the land of the software and get access to that. Uh, and then usually there's a, a kind of initial, I wouldn't say project per se, but there's, there's usually something that needs to happen right off the bat, right? So maybe it's getting the system place or catching up on their accounting or doing a tax return or, you know, filing back sales tax returns or something like that, right? Uh, and so we start to work with them in, in trying to achieve that kind of first goal. Uh, and that really that that achievement of that first goal and that kind of first project um, is a, just another way to ensure that this is the right relationship, right? Like we went through the sales component of this, we're now onboarded into the firm, is this working right, right? You know, and that allows us kind of a initial period to kind of see is this works or not. We can kind of have an assessment together after that, say, hey, did this, you know, meet your expectations? Did we achieve the outcomes we wanted to achieve? Uh, and then from there, it's now then moving into serving them on a regular basis. Um, you know, we like to make sure we have that open line of communication through that onboarding process to make sure that they are feeling comfortable. Um, there's a lot of trust that needs to be built up uh, as part of this. You know, they're giving us a lot of information, a lot of data, uh, and they're kind of trusting us to make sure we handle that appropriately. And so uh, we're doing what we can to start to build that trust and make sure that this is a good relationship uh, as we start working. So let's talk about the software and the software stack. These are two words that have become like, I, I get happy when I say those two words together. I don't know. It's just very strange. But so software stack, let's geek out a little bit here, dig into some of these tools. So tell me, what does a general software stack look like? What are the tools that you use? Mm -hmm. and maybe how do you go about implementing and, and integrating all that information? Because I would imagine if you're starting with a new client, they may have some or none of these pieces. So how do, what's the software stack look like and uh, how, how does all that work? Yeah. So first we start with the GL software and say, okay, what are we using for accounting purposes? Um, we, everything we use uh, in our firm is all cloud-based. So it's very easy to access. Um, and so usually that means you're using Xero or using QuickBooks Online. That's the, the two common uh, parameters there. Uh, from there, we start to look at, okay, what are you using in the tab room? So what's your point of sale software? Um, is it something we can integrate into? What else are you doing in that point of sale software besides ringing up sales? So maybe that's also where time and attendance is. Maybe that's where using that for maybe an online platform to sell mug club memberships or t-shirts, uh, 
what else is going on there? So we want to kind of assess what's happening there. Um, payroll is, is another one. What system are you using for payroll? How is that being processed? Um, you want to get our, you know, understand if there is a software that they're just using for time and attendance. Is that integrated into the payroll? How does that work? Um, you know, so for on the point of sale software, it tends to be a wide variety of things. We see Square a lot. We see Arrived a lot. Um, but it can be a wide variety of things. Payroll side, um, you know, we usually, you know, our kind of preferred is, is Gusto or ADP. Um, but again, there's a lot of payroll providers out there. I think the, the key part is, is it good software? Is it easy to use? Do you, you, you as the business owner understand what's going on in there. Um, uh, and so uh, you go payroll, then we kind of start moving into different aspects of the business. So brewery management. Uh, so that becomes, you know, is it Ecos, Beer 30? You know, what are you using? Uh, a lot of times we see the the, the tried and trusted spreadsheet <laughs> filling in the role there. Uh, but we want to start to see them get into a software because we want to start digging into cost and, and things like that. And so that's where Ecos and Beer 30 shine is because they were able to start to do those things. Um, and then on our end, it starts to get into okay, what are we all, what tools are we using to help you know manage this relationship, help provide good details and information? So uh, for us, we use a software called Fathom, uh, which is a KPI forecasting benchmarking software that we use. Uh, um, one of the things that we do for all of our brewery clients is a big annual benchmarking survey. We run that out of Fathom, uh, but then we also on a monthly or quarterly basis, we're using that with our clients to look at KPI trends and. Uh, to do their forecasting and, and things like that. Um, so that, that's a big uh, tool for us. Uh, and then another tool for us is HubDoc, which is a way for us to gather the receipts and bills and all those different things that uh, paper information that a brewery might have that we need to have for our purposes so we can understand what's going on, record you know transactions appropriately, things like that. So HubDoc is just a way to collect that and OCR read all that information. Um, you know, so that's kind of the, I would say that's kind of the big standardized tech stack. Um, sometimes there's other tools in play, just depending on what's going on. Um, you know, but those, those are usually the, the go-to tools that we'll be using and, and trying to make sure we understand and, and, and ultimately help integrate all together as well. So on the, I'm, I'm feeling two things. On the one hand, I love it, right? So many <laughs> cool tools. But if I'm you know, maybe a small brewery owner and I'm using the spreadsheet and I've, I've had QuickBooks forced upon me, it, this may feel a little overwhelming. Yeah. How, do you, how do you maybe walk through that if, and put someone's mind at ease, you know, relative to the implementation? I guess, in other words, how much would you ask that brewery owner to take on versus how much you guys would do? Yeah, I think it, we kind of take it piece by piece. So our, our first part is definitely the GL software. Let's get that in place let's get the right one in place right so if they got quickbooks force upon them that's not what they want to use or they don't like it right let's let's find something else that works for you uh but let's start there because that's kind of our our hub to make sure okay from our end now how does it all work um and then it's piece by piece right so then you know usually they will have a pos software in place that's that you know they'll have something so we'll start to work on okay what's the data in there how can we get access to that data um is it getting the data that they want right you know maybe they had someone sell them something and it's like oh yeah this is fine i don't care and now they realize that's maybe not the right choice uh and so it's okay what are the alternatives we can use to put into play um i think on the the big one is always that that brewery management inventory management one um, because it is usually, I have, you know, they have some sort of spreadsheet. That's what they're kind of using. And that's fine to, to start with. And at least they have something that they're starting to think through about 
um, how they cost beers and how they uh, how they kind of manage that process. But we want to start to think about that, you know, especially as they grow. Um, and typically, you know, it's usually a brewery owner being the brewer to begin with, but then they hire brewing staff and now we have to get everyone on that same page. And so um, that tried and trusted spreadsheet for you may work great, but when you're working with a team, that may not work as great. Uh, it may not give you the visual the visuals that you need. And so um, I think then it's just, again, it's that let's put in a new software and system, but let's take this piecemeal. So we don't want to go into a brewery and and be like, all right, let's rip out everything and put a new software in and let's hope this all works. So that, that'll never work. Um, it just frustrates everyone. But we want to kind of take it piece by piece and see what works and what we can do. And uh, and ultimately, is it achieving the goals, right? So it could be a really cool, nice piece of software. But if it breaks our processes or doesn't achieve our outcomes, it's not going to be worth, really worth it to us. And so uh, we want to make sure that when we, you know, at, you know advise to put, let's put this new software into play. Um, everyone's on board with it. We all get what we're trying to utilize it for, where our outcomes are, uh, and we're we're making sure we're on that same page as we go through that process. And if it's a brewery management software, whether it's Beer 30 or Ecos or Obeer or you name it, are, yeah. do you guys provide specific training to that brewery management software, or is it really more on the implementation, let's get you up and running, and who's who's uh how does the training piece work yeah. is that sort of a middle ground there it, it, it's a little bit of it's kind of a both and uh there so we like to make sure we they are utilizing the resources of that software right so you all those software companies have implementation specialists training specialists we make sure that they're actually doing those things because one thing to say yeah sign up and do it and it's everything to actually do it uh, and a lot of times we don't see that second part of it happen and then we, we they ask us well, why is this software not working well you didn't do any of the training you're supposed to do um now we are trained up on those softwares so we're able to assist and when they have questions or especially as we get past that implementation phase where it's all right i'm not sure how to do this or does this seem right or is this look right we're able to advise and help on that um, you know, our, our team is all trained up on all these softwares that the breweries use and, and they, they use it on a regular and daily basis um, when they're serving uh, our clients. And so we're able to help them out through that. But it's important to uh, this kind of be in tandem with the software company itself because they have their experts. They have the plans that they know work when we try to implement a new software. Um, so we want to make sure we follow through that and everyone's getting trained on it, uh, especially people who are, you know, someone, if someone's going to touch that software, they need to be trained on it. Uh, and make sure everyone knows what's going on because otherwise you start people start doing things and now we have a mess on our hands. Uh, and so we want to make sure that if we put this in place, let's do the work to make sure we do it right. So you use the word tech stack. Mm -hmm. I was using software. <laughs> so I, maybe I'm going to switch to tech. <laughs> sounds Sounds even cooler. So I, I have a couple of follow-up questions. This is really more nitty-gritty, but they're just they're just curiosities for me. Is so as you're and that makes a lot of sense. Is you know start with GL, right? Get that, then they probably have point of sale and so forth. How mechanically, when they're setting up for these, are they piggybacking on licensing that you guys have, or are they starting their own license uh, with say uh, QuickBooks or or what have you? Do they go and sign up? for those? Yeah, it, it kind of depends. Usually on the GL, it's it, it's done through our licensing just because we can get it cheaper than they can. Um, but it, it's up to them too, right? Sometimes they, they just go and do it themselves and that's that's totally fine too. We just want to make sure, um, you know, that we're getting this in, in the play here. So, uh, you know, it, whether it's through us or them, it really doesn't matter on our end. It, it's really more what they're comfortable with, what they want to do. Um, 
uh, generally we want to make sure, you know, beside outside the GL, it's usually always on there and on the license side, um, uh, you know, but uh, we will want to make sure that it does get set up, that it gets processed. Right. So, um, but that's usually a, a, a collaborative question that we have with them is like, how are we going to actually go about doing this? And um, a lot of times, you know, they'll come to us initially because they know like, oh, yeah, you're an accountant. You must get discounts for the software. Let's, <laughs> why don't you pass those along to us? Um, but uh, but we want to make sure we get that right. So, uh, you know, it, it's kind of up to the, the, the brewery owner itself, how they want to how they want to handle that. Gotcha. OK. So the tech stack, once again, I'll, I'll rip through this and then we'll put it in the uh, show notes. So from, for GL and accounting, it's it's generally zero or QuickBooks, perhaps others. For your point of sale software, you see a lot of Square mm-hmm. and Rived. And the question is whether you can integrate it for payroll. Gusto is your preferred, but you've also seen ADP. Um, for your brewery management software, Ecos and Beer 30, those tend to be the the more popular ones just tend to be the more popular ones i mean we occasionally see obeer out there we occasionally see some other things out there uh just to kind of depending on what they're doing and what they maybe initially got set up on but um i i see more often than not it's it's ecos or beer 30 uh, by and large and then fathom for your kpi and benchmarking do you when you talk about benchmarking are you talking about sort of historical benchmarks for the brewery itself like this is what we've done or and or is it bringing in maybe more industry data? Like here's an average yeah. you know, revenue per barrel. How does how does that fathom? Yeah, it, it brings in, we bring in industry data. So a lot of things we get from either the Brewers Association or even from some state guilds. Um, we bring in our kind of, we have our breweries opt into this, right? So they say, hey, do you want to have your data be a part of this? Uh, and we'll anonymize it so no one else knows it's your data, but we'll at least have that data point. Uh, and so we have all that kind of data point from our client base. Uh, and then it's, you know, some historical stuff or other things we, we find out there. Um, but generally we try to provide pretty current information and, and really make it apples to apples so they can see, okay, well, here's my dot in this, you know, benchmark and analysis, whereas, or how do I compare to everyone else, right? Is, you know, am I in the right track? Am I at the low end of the range, high end of the range? Uh, what's going on there? So um, it gives a kind of, it's a good way to, at least kind of see where we kind of stack up with each other and kind of see highlights and maybe areas of weakness that may exist out there. Right. So, um, you know, when we've done this in the past, a lot of times that what kind of maybe shows up is, you know, maybe we're not pricing things appropriately. Right. Or our our margins aren't where they should be compared to other breweries. Uh, they're doing similar things that we're doing. Um, you know, maybe we, maybe our margins are great, but we're spending a lot of money on rent and our rent is kind of way out the bounds. Right. So, um, that's really kind of what it's designed to kind of start like, okay, where we stand, you know, where are we doing well, where, where are some weaknesses we can work on, uh, and, and how can we start to work on that? Right. And so like, we have one, uh, of our clients whose, whose cogs per barrel was just astronomical, just way outside the bounds. And so we started digging into it and we found that, uh, the head brewer was not, was just buying stuff kind of willy nilly, uh, from different vendors. He wasn't really utilizing the kinds of scale in their purchasing. They weren't, uh, purchasing things in a timely fashion sometimes. So then they were paying a higher price to get it when they needed it. Um, so it wasn't this forethought that was happening in their brewing process. Uh, and so that's something we were able to work on today. Let's kind of, let's narrow down how we're kind of buying. Let's have a, a buying process in place that is timely, that makes sense, that we're not 
spending all these premiums to buy ingredients at the last minute. Uh, and we were able to get their cogs down to where it should be. And so that was an area that kind of really they saw in that benchmarking analysis that was like, this is not good. And now we were able to get down to where uh, we're saving money. And that, that's really just a, uh, and that's money in their pocket at the end of the day because um, their margins are better and that, that all just flows through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. I mean, talk about value added, you know, using that, that tool to kind of reflect back to the brewery yep. owner, like what's going on. That's great. So let's, uh, I was curious, like as you're working with clients, what are the areas of craft brewery finances that tend to cause either the most questions or misunderstandings or create the bigger financial problems? What do you see there? Yeah, I think uh, one, there's a couple areas. One is inventory. Just not having control of that, I think, is a big issue. Um, and that that stems kind of from a, a larger base of, you know, do we understand what our margins are in general, right? If we don't have good control of our inventory. But it's even in a micro base of like pricing beers and costing beers and understanding from a beer to beer basis. So I think that's usually one area of where we come in and it's like there's either no controls in that area or it just is not well done. Um, and I think that's an area that you really want to make sure you have on track because the the data and the KPIs and the things that you look at that come from that uh, are really important. So if we don't have good control of inventory and how that's really accounted for that that becomes problematic. Um, I think other areas in in the brewery, in the brewery that we've seen that where there's problems uh, a lot of times is it's just in like tap room and tap room management. So you see just a lot of small costs that build up in the tap room where it's like why are we spending so much money on these supplies or things like that? Uh, and, uh, and having good account in place allows you to kind of highlight that and say, okay, well, what's, what's going on here? Um, you know, so I think that's a big issue. And then I think the other thing is just, you know, how we account for and manage the tax, all the tax compliance. That we have. And that's a, an area where we see um, either breweries not really understand their own sales tax laws. They don't understand excise tax. You know, they may like, oh, I didn't realize that to file for federal. Yeah, 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 you do. Um, and now we have to go back four years and file all these federal returns. Um, uh, and just getting the, they're, they're kind of accounting for that, understand the cost, right? So um, some of that gets to, I think a lot of breweries operate really on a cash basis mindset. Uh, and so they're really seeing it from that lens and they're missing these other costs or wonder why, I thought everything's going well, but I have no money anymore. What's going on here? Or all these bills popped up and I don't have money to pay for it. And so um, trying to get them into that accrual mindset and accrue for these taxes and accrue for these bills that they have and and do those types of things. I think it just starts to be a, a really helpful practice to get a, um, a solid accounting process in place and then have them get good visibility of what's actually going on. Mm, yeah, those are great points. And certainly, you know, as, as I was listening to you, I'm like, wow, there's, I mean, we know it, but the realities are so many areas of your business that you need to watch. It's kind of hard to be everywhere all the time, right? Right. Right. You have a partner like you and a team coming in and saying, ah, oh, you know, you might want to think about, cause you've kind of, uh, reminds me of the, uh, the insurance career. You know, we, we've been there, we've done that. Right. We know how to handle these things. So that's, yeah. that, that actually, uh, that that's very comforting. What, what I see from time to time is, um, maybe a brewery owner will bring on a bookkeeper or an accountant mm. and they understand bookkeeping and accounting, but they may not understand the beer business and yeah. specifically the, the brewery business. Yeah. What do you look at as, as the, the nuances or the particularities of, of craft breweries? You know, what are, so that accounting manager coming in or, or controller, whomever it is, you know, what do they need to know about brewery accounting? What's, what are a couple of examples you can 
Yeah, I mean, I think craft breweries are really interesting businesses because you have a lot of different things going on that, you know, you have a effectively a food manufacturing business with a sometimes a retail establishment, you know, clobbed onto that. And and if you're doing self-distribution, you know, you have a supply chain that you have to kind of figure out as well. Right. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, interesting businesses that are kind of pushed together in a, in a craft brewery. Um, and so it's understand, okay, what's going on in all these different facets, right? You know, your tap, the way you manage your tap room and, and the revenue from the tap room is going to be different than your distribution and wholesale. And, uh, and those are very distinct kind of line, lines of business. And so making sure you understand those differences, uh, I think is, is a big key in, in accounting for that, right? You know, um, you know, we want to know what our revenue is kind of bifurcated between you know, tap room and distribution and our, you know, our wholesale and whatever, whatever we kind of our different lines of businesses that we have in there. Um, you know, if you throw if they're a brew pub, right now you're throwing in the restaurant into that mix. Um, and so you want to kind of understand those, those kind of differences. You want to understand the tax implications of everything that's going on. Um, you know, I think, uh, especially when it comes to uh, a brewery business, you want to have this stuff pretty timely. Um, uh, we don't want to be waiting months on end to get books in order or things like that. Um, you know, I, you know, I think to just the kind of the inventory piece, you know, I think there's a lot of bookkeepers that can do the general cash accounting. Let's record expenses, that sort of thing. But when you get into inventory and uh, some of those things like that, that becomes a little bit more complex. And, and that's an area where you don't want to mess up. Uh, and a lot of times we come into where there was a generalist bookkeeper or someone that's brought in. And you open the books and there's no inventory on the books. And I go, hey, where, where is all your inventory at? And, and so they didn't do it, right? They just booked everything the cogs and they moved on with life. And, uh, and, and that's such a big component of the business that you want to have, right? That you want to understand uh, what's going on there. And so um, I think there's just these kind of peculiarities that, you know, yeah, any accountant may be able to get 80% are right, but that 20% that's different is, is a big difference. And, uh, and th those are things where, you know, if you do it right, you start to get really good data out of it. You start to make better decisions out of it. Um, you understand how your businesses are performing better. Uh, and then as a result, you can kind of be ahead of the game and, and be proactive in how you run your business versus, you know, you kind of go the generalist route and mindset, you start to miss things. And now you're kind of behind the eight ball, uh, you know, when things happen like a pandemic and you're not managing cash flow appropriately or uh, not understanding how your your uh, your margins work or things like that. So um, I think the, the, those peculiarities, those things that are kind of different about a brewery, um, you know, are, are important, are really important areas to kind of make sure you get right. Uh, and just because they provide just so much better data and better ways to uh, manage your business as a result. Mm, yeah, great points. You know, I, just to underscore a couple of things you said, you know, when you first get in, to the brewery business, I agree with you. One of the things to look at and consider is that you may have two or three different types of businesses, right? You, said you, you get retail facing. So if you're tap room, for example, and then you've got food and beer, so you've got really different margin and cost structures. And then wholesaling, whether you're using a wholesaler or self-distributing complexities and, and different cost structures there. And then manufacturing, right? At, yeah. at the heart of a craft brewery, it's a small manufacturer. So these are these are not uh, very straightforward. Usually, in a business, it's one of those things, right, yeah. two. But right. very often, you'll see the three. So it, it creates uh, just a little, a higher level of understanding, at least awareness that you know you're going to see these things. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, those different lines accounting for them separately is a is a big step. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers 
so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.